The history of technology and gadget culture is one of debates and ideologies. VHS or Betamax? I'm a Mac and I'm a PC. Red versus blue. Today, though, no such standoff may be more present or far-reaching than that of iOS versus its age-old nemesis, Android. But just saying something runs Android is kind of like saying a car has an engine. There are countless shapes, sizes, and takes on features that in a lot of ways vary based on the badge on the back of the device. So this week, let's take a look at what can only be described as the many faces of Android and see which might just suit you best. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Solid State Podcast. I'm your host, John Joyce. I'm Eric Sargent. And I'm Cody Toscano. We are back again, and this week to talk about you know not even one of our normal show formats where we're breaking the mold a little bit this week uh, because we're going to talk about the many faces of Android. Rules and no, are meant that's to be not, broken. That's right. Uh, it is not well, not entirely at least a low budget '90s sci-fi movie like the t- you know title may suggest. Um, <laughs> no, we are we are here to talk about you know maybe not everyone's but most people's favorite little green alien, and that is a uh, Android Google's primarily mobile operating system used uh yeah. you know on many 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 smartphones and other devices around the world many of which you heard of and many more of which you probably use yeah. on a daily basis whether you realize it or not probably a really, lot of uh, places that you don't even realize yep. yeah that android's running it back end stuff yep. so um the, the this show topic kind of came out of we were meeting for a whole different purpose the other day and i happened to look down at my desk on the call that we were on and just not intentionally, it just happened to be sitting on that desk were three devices of ours, all of which that run Android, but all of which are completely different iterations of Android. And I don't mean going back over time. This isn't, you know, Android of six years ago or an er- these were three current generation modern issue devices, all running Android, but completely different flavors. So this is not going to be the, the entirety of what we're going to talk about today, but to set that stage on the desk was the Google Pixel 6 Pro. So that, of course, running, we're not running on that particular one, the Android 13 stuff yet, but still running the latest release version of Android 12. Um, next to it was a Galaxy S22 Ultra. So also running Android 12, but Samsung's own spin, take, fork, however you want to take it, of Android, primarily from a visual perspective. So it does look different, because I haven't seen both of those side by side. Okay. Absolutely. In in so much as there was a time where you could be forgiven for saying, oh, is that running stock or is that, no, is it, they are sufficiently different. The the structural pieces are all there, the pull down menus. I mean, the, the, but I mean, all the way down to like the, but even the app drawers do look and function sufficiently differently. I mean, Samsung has very intentionally crafted a wholly their own experience on top of Android um, on their UI. And then kind of, you know, tagging along for the fun also on the desk was a Microsoft Surface Duo. Um, In its case, don't get me started, uh, running Android 11. Um, Did they send you the only one of those they sold? (laughs) That's probably why I got there so fast. Yeah, it was actually it was the second one still sitting in the loading dock, and they figured, well, it's been right. six months. We might as well just raffle this thing off. Yeah, let's just and give it uh, I was the only one in the raffle. No, um, no, <laughs> we're not going to get into what I paid for that device. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, very much running Android, but even more so than Samsung's customized experience, 
more so than possibly any other Android experience I have, a wholly, completely customized experience because it is a dual screen device um, made to run in a multi-windowed environment. You know, it, so it is very much Android, but even more so Microsoft's take on Android. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, see, again, I, I'm I'm going to be the odd man out on this episode because I have not seen Android in person to use for any length of time in over a decade, like to have it in my hands. Like I've of course gone into Best Buy or, you know, local electronics store number four and messed around with whatever they had out on display for a few minutes just to check it out. But I have, because that's how we kill time on Saturday. Exactly. (laughs) I haven't utilized one on, in a day-to-day basis. So I, I don't know the, the differences between those three. I'm assuming that Microsoft makes it look windows phone ish. Or does it just look like Android, but with Microsoft logos everywhere? Not in any way, shape, or form Windows Phone like you remember Windows Phone. Also, rest in peace. Um, I was that weird guy that I wanted Windows Phone to make it. Um, If any of those pixel camera Windows Phone they made the Nokia one, yeah. Yeah. If 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 any Windows Phone experience, here we go, all the way off the trail, all the way off the trail. Um, if if any Windows Phone experience would have ever resulted in me tapping one of those tiles and having it open an app I actually wanted to use, I'd be using a Windows Phone today. But that never happened. Uh The the. That is the truest example of not even Microsoft's money can get people to make apps for a device that no one wants to Nobody, use. Yes. So anyway, uh, sorry, that yes. was my fault. But so nah. the, so what what is the difference there between just quickly? What's the difference between those operating systems? Like at a glance, like if I were to look at them, could it, I tell okay. them apart by looking? You at could them? you could you could visually tell them apart absolutely. But I will say distilling it down to its most basic elements the difference between those three devices and certainly the fourth one that i'm going to mention here in a moment it wasn't in the room but it's still part of this conversation um these devices are very obviously crafted in such a way to be built around the ecosystem of the person whose name is on the back of the phone okay so google's pixel in every way shape and form is obviously crafted to get you as knee deep as possible into google's Holy Play Store focused and Google Cloud focused operating uh, uh, ecosystem in their environment. It's the Play Store. It is Google Assistant. It is YouTube. It is you know, all, all those things. It is Google Google Drive, Google Docs, all the things. Um, that is what is wholly there to do. Drag you one way or the other wholly into Apple's. I'm sorry, <laughs> into Google's <laughs> garden. Um, step over into the. Uh, Samsung phone. It is not that I ever use it this way and nor does anyone that I know. It is designed to get you into Samsung's ecosystem. You know, where you would expect assistant, you're going to find Bixby. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You know, while the play store is there, so is the Samsung store where you can also update several of your apps and in some cases is the only place you can update some of your apps. Um, so the Samsung experience is very much a dual store experience in some cases. That seems clunky. Oh. It, it can be. The font is they, they, different. <laughs> it'll, yes, the font is different. Many Samsung things used are different. Comic Sans for a long time in Android. We're not getting into that. Thank God they don't now. But... Uh, <laughs> 
Oh shoot! Um, there's a, the Samsung experience, that, but because this is Android, and you know, taking a pause on one of the many powers of Android is, with a few exceptions, ten minutes after I have that Galaxy phone out of the box, I'm wholly in the Google Play Store. I've got all my Google apps in place. I've got the vast majority of my app default set to go to the Google apps I want to use in the first place, and then I suddenly have a fully functional Google Focus phone that happens just me properly well-made have a great screen on it because Samsung's really great at making a really pretty phone with a great screen on it. Like we talked about in our what's in the box episode, talking about the 2022 lineup of galaxy devices. Um, the hand and the handful exceptions to that are if I hold down the freaking button on the side, Bixby still comes up and we're just not going to waste a whole episode talking about how much I hate that experience. <laughs> um, I just don't need your smart assistant, Samsung. Stop yeah, it. Sorry. Because I'm playing fast and loose with the smart in smart assistant when talking about Bixby. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, so that that's you know the 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 Samsung Galaxy experience is very much out of the your out of the box experience is not all Samsung, but it's a lot of Samsung that you can then peel many 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 of those layers back and get it to where it's now operationally very similar to that pixel phone just with a coat of paint of veneer of samsung over top of it which is not to say it's a bad experience i have the 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 galaxy s22 ultra continues to be one of the better phone experiences i've had end to end in a very long time um it's still too new for me to say if it's going to suffer from my main samsung complaint over the years which is I've never owned a family of devices more over time that have slowed down and become more unusable in a smaller window. Hmm. Um, Samsung devices, historically speaking, have not aged well with me. Sometimes as recently as six months, normally closer to a year, you know, people like to, for example, pick on Apple for rightfully so slowing down devices and they can claim it's for Apple. I'm sorry for batteries and heat and all that, all they want, whatever you're slowing down the devices to get people to go buy new phones. Yeah. Fine. But I've never seen that happen inside of one generation. The way that I see that happen with Samsung devices of years past that I've had and used and owned. So um, again, we're still well inside of a year. Jury's still out on the S22, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, so the third device that was sitting on that desk the afternoon was the Surface Duo, and much like the Windows Phone, it uh, you know, re- you know it metaphorically replaced. Um, no one bought one. No, no one's buying one. No one's using them. Um, to this day, I can walk into most places, pull that thing out and like unfold it, and people will just stop and ask me what the heck it is. What is the that fact thing? that that device has been out as long as it has, and like Joe Public has no clue where like, they think it's off of a spaceship. And I'll admit that's one of the reasons why I take it into public sometimes because that's fun. I love <laughs> getting to talk to people. But like, I love that moment when someone stops and asks me about a device. Like, ask me about my phone. That would be, I'm, by the way, I will you never should, wear you that. You should get a shirt. No. Oh, no, <laughs> absolutely not. But in all, in all seriousness, it is a commentary on that device that so many people out there in genuine public have no idea. Like, what is that? Where did it come from? What are you using? That phone didn't come out yesterday. It's been, we're now in our second generation. Yeah. It didn't do it out, yeah. Oh yeah. And it's just as culturally meaningless. I hate to say it as the first one was. Uh, but it's running Android. And that's uh, going back to my original premise. It's running Microsoft's take, which is designed out of the box to get you into Microsoft services. It's got edge for a browser. It, you know, it's still using the Google play store. Um, but it's got office pre-installed. It's very 365 leaning. And I will say it's got teams pre-installed. 
I'll tell you all in all, as a group of people that we do spend a lot of our time in the Microsoft 365 world, it's actually a pretty good experience in that regard. I will say mm-hmm. if weren't for the fact that it stutters and is slow. And every time I turn it, waiting for the apps to resize themselves is like using an iPad too. So, I mean, there's that little yeah. problem. So just a lot of UI issues then. It, well, it's, it's UI and I I feel it's at least partially hardware because the thing is obnoxiously thin when unfolded. Because again, it's made to fold in two. So you put it together, they had to make it thin enough. It could actually you know fit in a pocket. But by doing so, the device unfolded is so thin, I feel they had to run into um, like thermal design issues. Oh, okay. To get so the pro- th- they're throttling it all the throttling. time on you, and okay. using as Microsoft for some reason seems to do, they're using older processors in it, and it just all the the, the thing that frustrates me about the Surface Duo is conceptually they've got something there. They really do. Every that's time really I bother cool to pick it up, it. yes, yeah. there's when I do bother to pick it up and use it, I'm like, man, I want to use this more, but then I use it for more than thirty minutes. And I put it back in the drawer where it came from, and I go back to using something that I'm not waiting 20 minutes for my team's messages to resync and load properly. It just mm-hmm. this is this isn't about them, but someday world. another company that makes phones will put one out that does the same thing, and they'll they'll say that they invented it, and it'll be done in a way that you'll enjoy. So we'll get there. It'll just oh, be yeah. from somebody else. We're, yeah, you're right. We're not going down that rabbit It'll hole right now. But yeah, yeah, but yes, you are correct. That is exactly what's going to happen. Um, but back to Android and the many faces of it. So those are just three examples. Google themselves, their first party experience. Samsung, probably the most, let's call it what is the most meaningful experience. Because globally speaking, that's whose devices is in people's pockets. Yeah. I think so the are. irony that Google's own first party experience on Android is not globally the most in- impactful take because one of the smallest slivers of the Android population is actually using that take on the operating system. Well, let me let me stop us for a second there. So did when Android came out, mm-hmm. did Google put out a first party phone right away or did the pixels in those devices come much later? Because they're only on the, like you said, the sixth generation of Pixel, but Android's been out for a lot longer than that. Did they have some other iteration before that of a first party phone? In the before times, uh, before <laughs> before Pixel, and this was, oh, sorry, let me answer your original question. It was not the launch phone. Okay. Um, they did partner with several people to get earliest Android devices out. Google did not have a direct hardware answer to okay. Android HTC, when it launched. Yeah, yeah, the HTC was one of their earliest launch partners. Um Go look up that phone someday. We're not going to spend time on it now. Um, sure, yeah. However, one phone they did, and I still have mine to this day, um, the Nexus One. So the Nexus line of phones were the precursor to Pixel. Okay. The Nexus phones were not made by Google. They were made in partnership with a rotation of manufacturers. That's so right. HTC uh-huh. would do one one year. LG would do one. Sony, Samsung, they already went on an almost annual rotation through their hardware partners. Google's theory at the time was we can't, they had already picked their model for Android then and very much so is still even now is the micro, the way Microsoft treats windows. We're going to make the operating system. You people put it on your devices, right? The big difference is for the most part, Asus doesn't reskin windows 
when they put it on a Zen book. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They they yep. just don't. There was a weird little time where people tried doing a little bit of that years ago, and for the like most Netflix part, or something. other yeah. yeah, other than the crappy apps they insist on preloading on them, they leave the operating system more or less apart alone. Not so with Android because phones they do want them to visually be more distinct. They want people to see someone using that phone in a crowd, and because they all look the same freaking black slab of plastic in their hands, the only way to really discern yourself is make a different looking camera bump. Or have your software look distinct. So they choose, in a lot of cases, to make the software stand out. So going back to Google, they did not want to go in defiance of their hardware partners. They wanted people to license and use their software. So they wanted there to be a quote-unquote Google first-party experience running vanilla or stock Android, but they still needed phone manufacturers to help them make those phones. So that's where Nexus was born. It was Google collaborating with existing OEM partners to make a collabed phone normally based on some other phone that was already in their lineup um, and then put straight full full stop vanilla Android on. It was one of the best ways to get the Google as Google intended an Android experience at the time was through those Nexus phones. Okay. They had like Google play experience phones later on as well. That were like mainline phones running vanilla stock Android, but the Nexus phones were the path of least resistance of the time. Uh, and the Nexus one was the first one of those. And they went all the way through, I believe it was the Nexus six P may have been the last Nexus phone. Got to throw um, those so, letters on there. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it was, but it was more than half a dozen, you know, riffs on the, and right. I mean, to this day, one of, I think Cody, you might even agree with this. One of our, well, one of my favorite phones was that Nexus four because it oh, actually yes. was visually distinct. I think that was you, LG, right? I believe so. The minute you saw a Nexus four, you knew what it was, especially the back on it was almost this holographic pattern of glass and plastic. Do not mishear me. It shattered. If you looked at it funny, <laughs> um, ask our coworker Ryan about that for many years, his literally shattered Nexus four adorned his desk as a trophy of what not to do with a smartphone. Um, but that, and then Cody, you loved your Nexus five. I mean, you, that phone was at your side for a long time. Oh, I still have it. I, I had to replace <laughs> the screen on it maybe like three or four times because I kept breaking it. Um, I, I'll make Cody shed a tear because I distinctly remember Cody coming to see me one time and he had previously shattered it, sent it off to some address in Texas, you know, Google first party to have it replaced. Received it that day. He messaged me, I got my Nexus phone back because he was using like one of our work loaners. And I think he was literally coming over to hang out but also bring me back the work loaner phone. Gets out of well, I won't speak for you, Cody. What happened when you opened your car door? So I had my phone on my lap, right? And I, I drove a low car at the time. So when I got out of the car, I the phone just flew from my lap onto the asphalt and oh, cracked. Man. Like <laughs> the day Yoda you got it back from repair. Like hours after he unboxed it. Like Baby Yoda wow. basically was in the bushes using the force because I've never seen a phone go skipping farther across a parking lot that didn't get chucked. Oh, it was yeah, incredible. I was very upset. Um, but I got it fixed again and I still have it. Um, it, I'll never get rid of it. It was, it was a really good phone. It it didn't look like anything special. It was just like a black, black slab. It just, it did what it needed to do. But the other hallmark for me of the Nexus phones, Eric, was they were the best phones you could get at that price point period end of conversation. Yeah, it was like 400, 300 bucks. The Nexus four started at two ninety nine. 
mm-hmm. and it was a great phone. It was just don't get me wrong, the camera was not great. Like nothing Terrible. about the phone was incredible, but it was the best phone you could buy with the best software experience unlocked for three hundred bucks. It was unbelievable. And as you know, the later Nexus phones slowly got more expensive and they got slightly more premium, but never really flagshipy, but more expensive. And then finally by Pixel, they really started to turn it up. Prices keep going up. And now our modern Pixels are truly intended to be flagship level phones, sometimes maybe successfully, other yeah, more times yeah. than not, not quite. Um, but they definitely carry bordering on flagship prices. I mean, I think my my uh, Google, uh, Google 6 Pro, my Pixel 6 Pro was, I think, 900 bucks something like that so so it's right doesn't there. have yeah doesn't doesn't have a comma in it though so that is still sub at least iphone 13 pro yeah. galaxy s22 ultra but it also is not on the same par of quality i would say device for device with those phones um, yeah i've been meaning to ask you about uh your experience with that so far Please tune in for a future episode and yeah. we will have that. Con- we, 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 will, we will go and have that conversation. But back to Android as a whole, though, what we want to hear talk about today is, so those are just three takes all running Android. And again, not Android 4, not, you know, some. this is not some imported knockoff tablet device that you can still buy today, but is running a 10-year-old fork of Android. These are current or at least within the last two versions of Android off the shelf today. But there's so many other devices that are even less recognizable. So the fourth device I wanted to mention is Amazon's take on on making Android. Because if you think about the Fire lineup of devices, the Fire tablets especially, that's Android. I mean, if you peel back enough of the layers, it's Android running in there. Now, this is not like Samsung's attempt at basically reskinning. And there's there's not just a skin, but it's predominantly visual with some functionality baked in. The Fire is a wholly reworked true fork of Android, but it's still Android at the end of the day. They're just, you know, what, what this is not meant to derail the episode further, but Eric, I know there was a there was a Fire tablet announcement this week. 60 bucks, I think yeah, it was. They, the oh, new, wow, really? the new Fire 7, I think they said 60 bucks for the baseline, and then it's $99 for the one that you get with like the kid case on it and the two year protection plan. So if the kid drop kicks it, it, it's, you know, they replace it for you for free um, for two years. So self insurance just buy the, I'm sorry that the whole, right. I hate that whole concept. It's like, who is doubling down on insuring their $60 tablet? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, okay. So I, I will say me because I, I bought my son, one of those. And again, this is, this is the way I think of that operating system and those sure. tablets is they're, they're for toddlers. It's, it's a device for a kid that the kid can literally chuck it across the room and smash it. And you're just like, okay, Hey, Amazon, I need a replacement. Cause my, you know, my kid threw it out the car window or whatever. And it's a way to get them apps and, um, you know, learning games and ki- children's books and things like that. It was, you know, there was like, uh, I'm going to, you know, not a sponsor, but there were these games that my toddler played that were Dr. Panda games. They were basically like task oriented games that you play on there and they were free for the most part or 99 cents from their store. And that's that the whole tablet was filled up with those. And we paid, you know, I think at the time, $79 for that tablet. Sure. You know, it was extremely affordable, but yeah, I, I, I would never use one of those. Yeah. I, I wouldn't we'll go, go back out. to what they're designed for. Yeah. 
I would never go out and be like, man, I really got to get myself that new fire tablet. Like I would, I I wouldn't do like, it doesn't hold anything for me. There's no activities on there that I can do on that, that I can't do anywhere else. What, what, what is its imperative? What is it designed to do? And I'd be willing to wager in that case, it is to get you into Amazon's ecosystem. It is to get you onto the Amazon store, onto the Kindle store, onto Amazon prime video and Amazon music. Uh, It's and ultimately to get you to purchase their services is what it is. It's a way to get you hooked onto their services. Cause like, let's, let's say what it is. That kid's tablet comes with a, a service free for one year called free time. And then you have to pay for it after that one year. And it basically right. gives you access to children's stories, children's apps, and all that kind of stuff that go right onto that kid's tablet. They they get a, a, a Amazon Music Lite, basically, that they can go on there yep. and have it read them stories before bed or read them children's books or things like that, all that stuff. And then, you know, you get the, the first taste is free. And then after that year, you've got to pay, it's like six ninety nine or nine ninety nine a month. And you can keep that thing, keep the train rolling to get the kids mm-hmm. into those free apps or whatever. So they're Does just trying to get services. Does it enroll you in that when you get the yes. tablet? When you get, when you get it from them, the kids version, mm-hmm. it, it auto enrolls you for the year. And then you've got to go in and tell it that you don't want oh, it to. Okay. I didn't know if they auto kept it going after the yep. year. And just I believe they do. Yeah. I, I could be wrong, but I, I, I remember having to go in and cancel it way back when and and not to wholly place that crosshair on amazon because i think going back to our original original premise all of these devices i think we can agree are are respectively designed to get you into that company's primary line of services weirdly possibly samsung leased because yeah they're getting you into bixby but no one's signing up for a Bixby subscription. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> Samsung wants to sell you that. Why phone. would you, based on your well, feedback? <laughs> that's a good point. Samsung maybe makes theirs on the hardware versus everybody else. More so than the other. I mean, Samsung has their own services, and that's that's all still a thing, but less so than possibly any of the other names on this list so far. Again, Google wants you all up in Google services. Microsoft wants you all in 365 and Amazon Jeff Bezos just wants to go back to space. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) more Amazon services. I mean, really that's, that's really what these, and these are, we've said this about these classes of devices forever. They are consumption oriented devices. So if you're selling a device that's made for consumption, the second and third order ways to make money off of them is to get people consuming your content, your services and make those incremental service dollars. But then, so those are just four devices, but then, where Android has found its way into other places is even more fascinating. Smart home devices. And I don't mean Google net. I mean, just random third party smart home devices, thermostats, um, uh, auto, like not Android auto, but actual well, vehicular interfaces like running you can, actual Android. Your refrigerator will yeah, have a absolutely. touch screen that you can order food and it will, you know, like what, what am I out of? And then you can send an order to the grocery store or to Amazon. I'm fairly positive. Yeah. You tried hard enough. You could find a Samsung branded hairdryer somehow running Android. Yeah. It, it's absolutely incredible. <laughs> how many learning to tell if your hair is dry smart devices, especially Samsung are running Android at some level. So when we think about Android and it's many, many faces and facets, and Eric feeding one of your points several weeks ago about Android fragmentation, which is still a problem because the other issue is these devices hit the market running Android. 
yeah, we pay attention more so than others to what version of Android is running on our phones and our tablets because those operating systems are in our faces and we want the new one when it's out. Who's paying attention to what version of Android is running on their dishwasher mm-hmm. other yeah, than exactly. us? Yeah. So when you start thinking about that from a, what is the, we tend to think about our appliances and whatnot in the context of the warranty if, you know, the belt breaks or a or a handle snaps off, yep. not how many years of security updates is my microwave going to get? That's a really, really interesting thought experiment that very, very few people are going through that exercise that I think is becoming more and more relevant in the context of the smart home and best practices for your own security. And you know, think about ransomware at a home level. Um, there's, yeah. a, there's a great, like, there was a cartoon I saw forever ago. Send about, me you know, Bitcoin and you can then microwave yes. your burrito. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> that's obviously playing out to a really deep, dark place, but all roads, not so many roads of in our daily life, especially lead back to security in one way or the other. And it's very easy to think about the convenience that the smart element of these devices give us. But then when we forget to think about the innate upkeep and maintenance that comes with it, how many security patches do we get on our laptops on a monthly basis? How many updates get pushed to our phones on a daily basis in a constant tug of war in the world that is going on out there and online? I don't think as many people as should be are thinking about that all the way down to the plethora of smart devices that are in our homes today. Uh, someone I, you know, we all know real outside the show uh, said something to me the other day that made me laugh and really think at the same time. If you ever want to be amazed by how many devices in your home have an IP address, go change your Wi-Fi password. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then wait for stuff to stop working. To stop working. Yeah. There's Because there's that a lot. widget has just been sitting there in the corner doing its job for God knows how long. And you forget at the end of the day how it's accomplishing what it's doing. It's yeah. got an operating system. And a shocking number of those operating systems are some version of Android but what version of Android? Mm-hmm. There are there are lights in my house that I would not be able to turn on after changing mm-hmm. my Wi-Fi password. Yep. Without unplugging them and plugging them directly into the wall to do it the old-fashioned way. I've got those little, those little plug dongles that then it plugs into that turns oh, them yeah. into a smart device. Yeah. So I would if I change my Wi-Fi password, I would I would have to completely rearrange how my living room is is set up for power. Well, and you know, we can save some of this for an inevitable best practices in a smart home episode. But really, you know, if you if you happen to be listening to us, hear us now, believe us later. If changing your main Wi-Fi password would have that impact, please, for the love of God, go set up an IoT network, an Internet of Things dedicated Wi-Fi network in yeah. your house and get your I, stuff moved. I didn't because... want to get into that, but yes, I would have to change that Wi-Fi password in my house. But yeah, I knew what you meant, and <laughs> yeah. yes, I but going back to one of the most basic premises of the show, trying to give people, you know, semi good information around all the fluff that we put in here. Um, that, that is to say it's a best practice is the understatement of the century because these devices are an exposure. They're wonderful in what they do for us, but the imperative for a lot of these, especially the companies that we've never heard of other than the, you know, the name on the side of the box when the random Amazon order arrived with that smart bulb that was on sale that weekend, who knows when or if it would ever get a firmware update, a software update. And there's a whole other conversation we could have about controlling the brands of the devices that run in your house and what 
upkeep they're going to get, but at the very least mitigate that risk and get it off the network where you're doing online banking or where there's camera feeds into your home or speakers and microphones that can communicate with your family. And there's a, there's a real safety factor to that. Yeah. That's your, that's your solid tip of the day. There call you your call your family's IT guy and have him separate your Wi-Fi so you have Internet of Things <laughs> on a separate Wi-Fi connection. Find that's the right. one person in the family who knows a little bit about computers. There's right. your top tip. Yep. Yeah. That's so. that's the thing. Yeah. My, that's I'm I'm the guy. So now I have to go do that at my parents' house. Thank yep. you for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So it's Android as a whole, going back to that whole point, it just on the phones and the tablets and everything else. It's crazy to think how many devices it touches. It's crazy to think how many flavors of Android there are out there. Because when we think about the most direct competition, which would be iOS, it's really, there's there's Apple's way and the highway. And for better, worse, or indifferent, that's the way that it is. They support it for X number of versions. They'll support going back a certain number of years of devices. And then that's it. I was going back to parents. I was having that conversation with my mother today that she's finally going to have to get a new phone this summer because her Bank of America app is going to stop working. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she enjoys being able to deposit checks from her phone. And I agree. That's a great convenience. But yeah. the fact that the mere fact that she's having to tell me I got a pop-up that says I won't be able to do this after a certain date reminded me how old her freaking phone is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as shameful as it is for someone that does what I do for a living, it's time. Um <laughs> That's Apple's take is that, you know, they're going to control that by saying, this is our versions of the OS. This is the devices it'll run on. And that's it. Google's model is so different in that there's Google's take on that, which is Pixel as we know it. And, you know, they announced new Pixel devices, what, get IO. Yep. And those will have X number of years of support and ongoing maintenance. That's all fine and good. But the way Android works, Joe's smartphones could go, now it doesn't necessarily have going to have is not necessarily going to have Google Play services. That's a whole nother layer to the licensing agreements and how they work with Google's model. But you could go do Android open source project, put it on a device, put it out there, collect your dough, and then never release another update again if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's security market that just fine. Mm-hmm. It's not just fine in that I think it's okay, but that's the that's the right. reality You're allowed that's the practicality to do it. of it. You are yeah. allowed to do that. And there is a again, if you ever want to just go down a rabbit hole, go on Amazon and just search for tablet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and once you get past the Samsung tablets and the iPads and the Fire tablets and everything else, it's kind of like looking for a USB-C dock anymore. It's just the brands are just whatever seven letters. Uh, I think a random yeah. character generator pushed together that week. That's, that's, that's who's making these tablets. I actually have been shopping for one of those docs and it is exactly that. I mean, yep. you're not, you're not far off from the truth. I mean, it sounds like a joke, but it literally is just someone like bashed their fist on the keyboard <laughs> and then stuck that on a logo and put it on their USB-C hub. So, and this is not that, that superpower, because I also don't want to downplay it. That superpower of Androids is not meant to be an entirely bad thing. I think it's bad when it's used in the marketplace to sell wares to people that you have absolutely no intent of supporting them and you're going to leave them in a bind the first time they get hacked. That sucks. But the open nature of Android is also very powerful in the number of non commercial as we think of it, commercial applications that it's used in, in research. And you, know, I think about all of the you know, one-off industrial devices or research devices, or you know, there's literally things in outer freaking space 
that are running, they're using these computing platforms. And that only exists because of how that platform is built and designed and offered. That's amazing. That's the technology being better and being used for good things. Uh, just as with everything else, there's the dual sides of that sword. And um, yeah. the other side of it, that that overly commercialized, you know, predatory nature of it is we're going to get a device out there, make it look like a deal that's too good to be true, collect our dollars, then close up shop and mash more se- seven more yeah. letters together next week. Yep, That's crappy. And I don't think it's entirely, I don't think it's solely Google's problem to solve because again, they're, they've got Pixel, they've, they've mm-hmm. got their, and they've got, say, they've got partners that do go with Google Play services and the restrictions that come with that. But as the folks making, controlling, and putting the thing out there, I do think at least a portion of that imperative has to go to Google to say, you know, do what you can, do what is right to limit the degree this can be used to do harm to do harm to the consumer, to do harm to people that are just looking for a freaking device to sit on their couch and watch YouTube on twice a week and to not have that device being used to siphon their credit card numbers or inject ransomware into their network or just be open to every exploit on planet earth because it hasn't received a software update since the day they bought it. Eric, I'm going to pick one more time on the, you were telling me about your last, you know, uh, Android phone that you had. Mm -hmm. Um, it It was was an LG, um, something. It was, yeah. it's 10 or 12 years ago that I sure. had that. Sure, but oh, let's call yeah. it, it was still a brand, it was a meaningful yep. brand that did not really, that did not receive a major yeah, OS never, update. It wasn't running the OS current update. version of Android the day you got it, and it never no. got updated a day after that. Yeah, I never got another update for that phone. So, and that is why a lot of these manufacturers it. don't make a phone in the space anymore, because they realized what it would take to do that upkeep. But I just think it's it's crappy and worth being interrogated that even brands that do have that visibility, that do have the uh, the ability to do a better job, chose not to, and instead just left the space in a meaningful yeah. way. I mean, I feel I feel like they'll never do this. First of all, let me preface with that. <laughs> but I feel I feel like Android would benefit from having some sort of a um, policy that you have to you're like certain security things have to be enforced on any version of their system like you have it has to like they need to be more rigid in the rules that they have for people who are allowed to fork the um you know the operating system i don't think there's a way that they can do it because oh, I mean, like it's, they've it's, already it's an open source license i mean the open right. source project is open yeah. source by definition and that's this is not meant to be either condemning specifically on google or the concept of open source in general the nature of being open source means it can be used for good and be used for bad and those who use it for bad that blame that blame exists on them right you know, they're they the, the person making that device and putting it out there is making the choice to either do something innately predatory or second order predatory by just walking away and leaving people in a lurch. Yeah, and um, I and I mean this is coming from business. my this is coming from my personal bias just of yep. how fragmented that operating system mm-hmm. is. And I just I wish that it wasn't because you know, there are yep. some parts of it that are that are so slick that the way that they run, and I really like the way that they run, but at the same time it's like you can't go up and pick up device A and device B and have the same experience experience. Mm-hmm. And, and that's too bad because I think that 
Joe consumer out there, the people, not us out there right. who are going out to buy these phones, they don't know the difference. They're so walking they into an AT&T getting, store and asking, right. I want, I want something with a big screen. What do yeah. you have? I can, and afford, I want to spend this. I can afford mm-hmm. this. What have you got? And they get whatever device happens to be out of the day. Could be a year old, two years old, whatever. Yeah. And they get that device and it's never going to be upgraded. And they just end up having a subpar experience with a device that they yeah. paid for them a lot of money for whether that's three hundred dollars two hundred dollars a thousand dollars whatever they pay for that was that was air quotes free because the carriers will pedal whatever no upfront phone they've got that day don't get me wrong you're paying for it and then some on your monthly bill but that then goes back to the imperative i feel is strongly on to get the people making and selling the phones and the carriers that are choosing to push them because they will happily put a phone in your pocket that they know is going to be a horrendous experience in 11.5 months so you're going to be back in to start the whole cycle over again oh yeah and you know it was this is this is not meant to be the apple portion of the advertisement but my mom's phone that's you know finally aging out is an iphone and i don't believe for a second if I had that many years ago put the latest, greatest available Android phone in her hands, if it would have made it to now before she's coming to be saying, I really need to get a new phone this summer. How many, how many years that. old is it? What, what, what iPhone is it? Do you know? Do you remember? 6S. It's either a 6S or a 7. Okay. I think it's a well, 6S. It's just going out of service now. So, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, you know, and we're getting ready to go into the 14 here in the fall. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that's seven, eight years old, that phone. So, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's Don't no get me way. In. For those of you actively judging me right now, I have begged her countless times <laughs> to let me just get her a new phone. And th- and I will unquote unquote for you, I don't want a bigger phone. This one fits in my purse. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, so I, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and that's the thing. I don't think, I mean, that LG phone that I had, and again, you know, take this with a grain of salt. This was a number yeah. of years ago. That phone lasted me a year before I was ready to throw it across the room <laughs> because it was yep. so slow. Yeah. So I only had it for a year before I, I ended up going, that's when I ended up getting, cause before that now don't judge me before that phone, I had a Blackberry. So, um, you know, once Long I got it, the Blackberry curve, right? Yeah, exactly. It was a Blackberry <laughs> curve. That's exactly what it was. And then yep, I, and I, then I got that Android phone. So it had like a bigger screen or whatever. And it still had, I think this one still had the flip out keyboard that I could still oh, text yeah. on or whatever. And, you know, and then I, I went into an iPhone after that, which I think was the, was either the three G or the four, whichever one came mm-hmm. out around that time. And then I've been with that phone ever since, but yeah. yeah, it, you know, because again, I could use them for two or three years at a time and not need and it wouldn't slow down so much that I needed to throw it across the room. I, I could right. use it until I was like, okay, I think I'm ready for the new model. Not because mine is slow, but because the screen is bigger, the camera is better. There's a you feature know, XYZ, I want. Exactly. Not so, yeah. this device and, is now so unusable I have to yeah. go out and get some. And to bring this back to Android, I think they would benefit from more of that. And I know they're getting more towards that now that they have these first yeah. party phones from Pixel and the really good Samsung stuff that we're talking about. They they have more of yeah. that experience. I, was, I think they're still. closer to that today now than ever. Because for, for example, so to, to put some optimism into this, so uh, some inside baseball, Eric and I were having this chat the other day, which is what, again, gave us the idea for this episode. Um, he mentioned about not having been hands-on with Android in a long time and doing what we do for a living that needed a change. So I knew I had um, I had a, six, a Pixel 6 Pro here 
and my preceding uh, Pixel phone before that was a Pixel 4 XL. Like, Eric, I've got a Pixel 4 XL sitting here. I'll send it up to you. That phone is now however many years old, still a good phone. Like, if, if I was a basic Joe Public user, that that was just my phone for that for a few years, it still runs current Android. It still runs it well. I actually updated it recently for something I was working on here. It still updated the latest version, performed well. I mean, yes, there are better cameras. There are better screens. There is better build quality. But end-to-end, that is, I do believe, if someone had gotten that phone, let's just say two and a half, three years ago, and they saw the Google 6A, I'm sorry, the Pixel 6A get announced last week, and the Pixel 7 teased later this year. They could have easily said, you know what? It's been three, three-ish years. I'm going to hold out and get the Pixel 7. Right. I think that's very, very reasonable, that time window, too. For the 4 to have reasonably been able to last someone all the way into the 7, again, a Joe Public user, not us-us. I think they are closer to what you're describing than they've ever been before. Um, in, in, in a meaningful way. And you know, I'd love to hear, you know, once you get in your hand here in a couple of days, your your reactions to using the Pixel 4. Yeah. Because I'm obviously right now on the quote unquote best of that experience with the 6 Pro, um, with the Pixel 6 Pro. You running, because we use the same services, we use the same apps, like we yep. both at our job and for this show, we use all the same things. I, it'd be very interesting to see, are you as effective at using those tools on that now several generation older phone as I am using the quote unquote latest greatest. Yeah. I think it'll that's be interesting, interesting to see. It'll be a good experiment yeah. for sure. And in the, oh, for me, one of the most meaningful points to that is we will both be running the same operating system. Right. Yeah. It'll and be that's the, see what the one thing, the hardware. Yeah. Well, and that's the one thing you can't say about a lot of the third parties when they get around to releasing the new phone, the old one is almost immediately forgotten and doesn't get the next version of the OS. So that's really the advantage of Pixel for sure. Samsung does a far better job than most with that. And I do contend that's probably what slows down a lot of those phones after the one year because they release the new version and they don't necessarily put the effort into optimizing it for their previous generation phones the same way they do the current gen. But they do at least get the phones up there for several generations out. I, th- I think it was ironic. My, my galaxy S 22 ultra was guaranteed more years of security updates than the pixel phone of the time. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's interesting. That's, that's an interesting yeah. choice on their part that they, yeah. that they, well, do they've, that and, and Google's now moved on because at the time pixel was guaranteed, I think it was three years or four and the S 22 ultra was five. Now notice with the six a, five years out of the box. So right. that's, I think, a great example of market pressure working in a good way. Samsung stepped up to the plate and said, this is what we're going to do. And Google has now followed suit to stay shoulder to shoulder. And I think that's, however that conversation came about, going back to, that is a net win for us, for the consumer, for the person with the device in their pocket. That's a great thing. Yeah. I'd say let's let's circle back on this topic in you know, a year or so and see what the face of all the Google stuff is there. If it, is it coming together more or is it still separating out and we're getting, now we have even more carriers who are doing the same thing with multiple different flavors of the operating system. Well, I would say we could safely make that a put a pin in it topic for IO 2023. Yeah. Yep, and definitely. if, you know, if Cody can wrangle in his calendar, maybe he'll actually be able to join us for the, for next year's yes. episode of that, <laughs> of that show. Yeah. But, uh, on a on that slight of a bombshell, though, I think we'll uh, I think we'll wrap it up for this week in our our one of many many conversations on Android, almost as many as there are flavors of it out there. So, uh, you guys have anything to wrap it up on past that? 
I don't think so. I'm just excited to actually see what that operating system looks like 15 years after I used it the last time. So <laughs> we'll see. There's more to follow on that front. Don't worry, Cody, yours is coming too. So, uh, <laughs> All right. Well, on that, we will wrap it up for this week and catch you next time. Later. Later.